welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. I think we'd start recording um, now that we're halfway through the first glass and we have been talking for 40 minutes. Yeah, I um, thought we already were recording for the last half hour. No, no, we, no, no, we haven't been. We've just been talking about everything we're about to be talking about. And it, it just, I don't know, we're just, it's just, we're just catching up. We haven't done this for a long time. It's been a week. Calm down. Is that all? Oh, there we go. Radio, yes. radio silence. Radio podcast yeah. silence. It feels yeah. longer than a week. Week times, times are not relative this year. <laughs> it's, um, I know it feels like maybe it's because we do do the show and the and the editing and all that. It feels like it's been longer because I haven't actually had to do anything, um, <laughs> apart from post our Gavin Badger, Badger interview earlier in the week. And a shout out to Gavin. Thank you for liking and sharing uh, the pod and also the YouTube clip. Sorry, we had to cut you off there at the end. Uh, recording issues, but yeah, if you haven't checked out our interview with Gavin the Badge Badger. You can jump on the website, click on the link, jump on Spotify, iTunes, whatever, YouTube. Man, he was a funny guy. Yeah, and you know why he wasn't afraid? Like, I really like the perspective from a senior referee because you never hear it. And he was really open with how he felt and what happened and all that kind of stuff. So he was awesome. Yeah, I may have um, may have baited him into a second interview as well because uh, I think on the tweet I put out, I finished with... Um, he seemed like a great fella to have a beer with, and he's replied back with your shout. So I said, "Sweet, oh, next well. time you're in Queensland, hit us up." Yeah, no, awesome. So, you can come up. Yeah, man. Um, bring some of that good craft stuff up from New South Wales. We don't get a lot of, don't get our hands on a lot of it up here sometimes. Um, what have you been up to? Me. Show us your finger. Um, yeah. So, fun story. Went out to. The rodeo at Sandstone Point on the weekend. Um, wow, you must have lots of lots of options. <laughs> My missus loves rodeos, so I went out with her. Um, so obviously, everyone knows about who was in Queensland knows about the massive storm. So we got there. You couldn't actually see the rodeo because they put it on a flat ground, so anyone who was up front got to see everything. We stood around for an. I think it was two hours drinking, talking shit, not actually getting to watch it. Then the rains came over. They went everyone into the hotel. So you can imagine everyone going up to the hotel, how much room there was up there. We eventually found seats, sat down for a while. And then they're like, everyone can come back down. So we got really good seats. Second row, we got to actually see about 12 and a half minutes of rodeo. And then the proper storm started. So they could cancel. They cancelled it. The power went out. They weren't even allowed to serve alcohol at the Sandstone Point Hotel. Bribe Island and Caboolture, where we were staying, all lost power. All the pubs were closed by nine o'clock. Oh, and I slammed Sounds my Sounds like a typical Caboolture night out. <laughs> no, oh, there, there, were a lot of tweak, there were a lot of tweakers out. It was great. And then, um, and I slammed my finger in a door and it looks like 
Put it up to the it camera. It does not look flash. Let's have a look. Oh, wait. You can't see it. You oh, yeah, you've got see your virtual it. background on. It looks better yeah, in the background. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's pretty was much a whole side-winded story of you going to a rodeo, which finished with you slamming your finger in a door. Also, the door part was actually I was trying to steal food out of the little carts they got out in front of the thing because I was really hungry. They weren't serving food either. And someone decided to walk past and kick it with their knee with my hand still in it. I don't feel sorry for you at all anymore. <laughs> Bloody thief. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say my weekend was better than yours then. Yeah, everyone's weekend was better. Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good weekend. What did you do? Can't remember. That was good. Um, oh, no. Gymnastics. Both took both the kids to gymnastics. That was wicked. Um, Addie dressed up as Spider-Man. Annabelle's dressed up as a... Uh, she said she was a mermaid. I'm pretty sure she was a fairy. Um, but anyway, and that that, age, she's and then, whatever she wants to be, whatever she wants to be. And it's been all of Saturday flicking between the two channels, watching Rose Hill and Melbourne Cup Carnival, Derby Day. And the 40 minutes between each race, we'd go get stuff done. Then the kids would come and jump on each knee and we'd pretend we were riding racehorses. Um, yeah, it was, that was good. And then Sunday, Oh, what would we do? So on Saturday, went around to Maddie's mum's house, jumped up on a roof and cleaned a gutter as the storm came across, and that was nice. And then Sunday, yeah, just chilled. It was nice. Nice, relaxing weekend. Got a bit of stuff done, and yeah, it was nice. Yeah. So uh, anyway, welcome into the 6 again podcast. Very relaxed uh, with my red wine and dark chocolate. My name's Adam. I'm Jared. Yes, and a lot has happened since we've actually last done a pod, which is about a week ago. And most of it actually is, we, we thought we we're going to be talking mainly about origin, and we will, but November 1 has now come and gone. And that's obviously, well, that's the date that players of contract at the end of 2021 can start talking to other teams about their contract in 2022. Yes, it's as ridiculous as it sounds, but it's already started. And there's been some bigger names on the trade block uh, than we expected, I think. But we'll get to that. Um, three other little bits of news. So, unfortunately, not a surprise, but Dylan Walker has been arrested again over a alleged assault that happened outside of a fast food, sorry, a takeaway shop down in, was it Narrabeen? Where was it? Narrawena. Sorry. Anyway, so supposedly he's gone out to get some fast food, a takeaway, and has tried to get into the car of somebody he didn't know. And there was a, as a woman and a male, uh, her husband or partner or a friend, whatever, took um, offense to this, as they should, and got into him and supposedly assaulted two people before fleeing the scene. Uh, so obviously this is all alleged been, at this point. Yeah, it's all alleged. And this is all that's pretty much been stated so far. Uh, Seagulls alerted the NRL Integrity Unit early Sunday evening, so early last night. And he has a court hearing at Manly Local Court on November 18. So lucky, like coming off such a solid season, this is... Um, 
at least at least Melly's only had to deal with one bit of bad news. I'll definitely be able to get over this. <laughs> um, hell yeah, you, yeah, and you know what's really weird? Um, Where's your support network, man? Um, You'd have to say he was drunk or something, eh? Like, why would you just go get in someone else's car? Look, I don't know anymore. Um, yeah, I just don't know. He was coming back from injury as well. He was pretty injured all year, wasn't he? Uh, wishing articles that like like this that just said, ex-South Sydney player Dylan Walker. No. The bit that I hate, I hate the most is the fact it says Manly player because obviously he's part of our club, but that's not what our club... Values or stands for, and but look, I'm a you've bit signed, him, to be honest, you, you've signed him, and I think, don't get me wrong, I think this is the second time in as many yeah. years. Um, I don't know what I can't remember what he did, I'm not even going to guess what he did, what he's alleged to have done last time. How's his girlfriend, the PlayStation remote? Yeah, so look, oh, um, God. if it comes back guilty. They're going to have to have a big conversation. And the reality of that, of Manly right now is... We need um, salary cap room. <laughs> that, and you, but you don't have star players knocking on your door. You actually got star players leaving. Yeah, we do. See, we know, how to, we know how to run a business over here. Like, two of your most dominant forwards for the last three years have gone. This year. Hey, hey, what are you talking about? And you've... Like, and you've also lost Waddell, haven't you? No, lost is the right word. He signed elsewhere, yeah. Yeah, um, so you lost him. So you lost Adam Fanua Blake, Corey Waddell, and Joel Oh, Fanua Blake, that's right. I wouldn't in put a, Waddell in, in the same period. league as those two. So we got Andrew Davey, that's period. just a swap swap. No, I said Dale dominating, you lost Waddell. So why aren't you on the market? Hmm? Like, why aren't you guys getting rumoured to pick people up? Where, what's what's the goal of your salary cap? You've got all invested in Cherry and Trevojevic brothers? Pretty good spot to like, have it. No, well, not if you're not making the eight and not if Tom's always injured. That's where our money needs to go. Physiotherapy. Or bionics yeah. or something like that. All anyway, right, that's another Dylan story arrested, for another time. So, upside for Manly... If he's guilty, he gets off the salary. He gets off our books. Um, downside, if he's guilty, we have no 5-8 or center. Um, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't want it to go to court. Because, and then you'll have two on your books who are waiting for a court appearance with the NRL no stand-down policy. Uh, no fault stand-down policy. Yeah, but we can so, still release them at any point. If it... It, then they'll sue you. Oh, they can't. So they brought our club into disrepute. The only well, reason Jack they... DeBellin's still on St. George books is because they want to re-sign him. Hmm. If they didn't okay. want him, they could just release him. Okay. So if they want to keep him, and I, I would be surprised if Manly wanted to keep him, you'll have Fate Finau and Walker sitting around watching you guys play. Mm. while they're waiting for their court appearances, if mm-hmm. this goes further than what it is. Yeah, so you're having Darius so, Boyd on the field, but you've got him where he should be. Watch yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, you better hope this doesn't get further. Oh, no, it's all right, because if they're on the bench, they can't get injured, you'd hope. Um, going from one news story to the next one. Fucking logic right there, isn't it? <laughs> I love how the Manly fans not worried about this at all. But anyway, um, 
I love this story. This is like, seriously, in a week where there's so much to talk about, um, there's been more than one, but obviously it's come from Fox Sports because you know the journalism there is top notch. Um, you've got to be real good to get a job there. Um, it's come out that the West Tigers aren't all that happy with the New South Wales Blues coach, Brad Fittler, because... I'm sure he cares. Mm, according to the West Tigers... Uh, they've taken offence to some comments that Fittler has said lately about the fact that he's disillusioned. It's a big word in a rugby league. Disillusioned that West Tigers let Rappen Ryan Pappenhausen go in 2018. Um, wow. Now, it's the same year oh. that they also let Addo Carr go, supposedly. Uh I don't, I don't know about you, but... Was um, it only 2018 they let Eric Carr go? Well, that's what they were saying for... here. But in saying that, I, I felt it was earlier than that. But again, remember, it is uh, it is Fox Sports. Uh, we'll have a yeah. look up here. Yeah, I'll just Google You keep going, you go. I'll find out when Yeah, Eric but I was like... Go. Oh, yeah. Remember remember that big move of Pappenhausen going from West Tigers to the Storm in 2018? Do you remember that, Jared? That huge story? That this yeah. superstar player leaving the West Tigers? Yeah, what, what, what is he, like the fifth string fullback at one point? Of, oh, yeah. Like, and started last year at Melbourne? I remember how all the journalists everywhere and all the clubs were so shocked that such a high-caliber player has left the club. Yeah. So, um, so but here's the thing. You're making a joke about Pappenhausen, right? Yes. Um, and then they're like, well, Josh on a car. He was already big at play, Tigers. Do you know how many games Adokar played for Tigers? I'm going to say 24. No, 10. Is that it? Yep. Jesus. And Pappenhausen didn't play any games for Tigers. Uh... So, but the thing about it is, and this is what I'm agreeing with Fittler about, in the last, well, let's say 10 years, they've let go of Oh, yeah, I, I understand that. Feeder, yeah, Moses, yeah, yeah. Tedesco. Yeah. Um, I see where you're going with that, but a lot of those players are established. Well, not established, but we'd seen no. what they can do. All those players I, I just said, well, except for Lodge, debuted for Tigers. Mm. And they let him go. I know. What I'm interested in is that he's come out. I don't care what he said, but I think it's interesting he's come out and said about Pappenhausen when no, he said, but I've seen him. Since he was a boy. That's great. You're probably the only one, but that was your job, I guess, then to scout and watch and all that sort of stuff. I didn't don't remember him saying anything then. But what what makes his story brilliant is um, he digs his boot in, declaring that someone got it wrong, that he was allowed to leave, rada, rada, rada. But this is also going off the fact that since Brad Fittler took over New South Wales coach in 2018, he hasn't selected one West Tigers player. Um, but you could also argue that maybe Norfolk Loom is the only one who'd warrant a spot anyway. Still shocked that he's not in the squad, but adding on top of that, the Blues' main sponsor this year is Bryden's Lawyers. The owner of Bryden's Lawyers is the chair of the West Tigers, Lee Hager-Pentelis, blah, 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 um, which is freaking brilliant. So... 
you've got Fox Sports tying a story of West Tigers and the chair, who's also the owner of the major sponsor of the Blues, where Fittler's the origin coach, um, about taking a stab at his club. I love Fox Sports and the drama they bring up. Um, let's put a bet down. Are they going to ask him about it after the game on Wednesday night? Fox Sports? Yeah. Nah, but he'll get plenty of questions during pregame. Won't be oh, after the game. That's brilliant. If they lose, how's that? If they lose, if who's their winger? Oh, journalist goes to Fitler. Are you disillusioned with this loss? Yeah. Um, who's I'm their so winger? Tupo. Tupo. Who's their winger? I don't care. I don't care. So if they drop a few balls, oh, would Norfoluma do that? Norfoluma could have won that game for them. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. I'm so here for that drama. That's brilliant. I, I love that. Who's the uh, journalist? I'm not going to mention their name. Okay, they might not have been around for that long. Who knows? There's so much other stuff to be writing about, um, especially this huge story coming out of the Super League. Now, I watched a little bit of the Super League and I knew there was a bit of a bit of movement going on. I didn't realize it was this big. So Sandy, who's been on our podcast before, sent me a tweet this morning on the podcast account saying, can you retweet this and tag all the Super League clubs in it? I was like, yeah, no worries. After COVID hit, when you Toronto Wolfpack pulled out of the Super League, citing financial concerns, and then obviously international borders, flight travel, that sort of stuff. In the next, oh, this article was written 30th of October. Yeah, so we're still, we're right at the end of this, actually. Um, the 11 remaining Super League clubs will be voting on whether Toronto should be re-administered to the Super League or not. Uh, Toronto Wolfpack now have a new owner who's come out and said he's going to pay the outstanding fees to the players who didn't get them from the previous owner who was short of money due to COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing here is a Super League executive tasked with invest investigating the submission from the Wolfpack has included that expansion in Can Canada or North America does not make any strategic sense, doesn't make any financial sense, and is not a place where any growth of the game will occur. I'd love to know how he's such a fortune teller. Um, Cause I'm pretty sure uh, rugby league in North America um, is better than no rugby league in North America. All right. Do you know what shits me off about this is one Toronto earned their spot. Yeah, they did to get in there. I know. Two, it's... They went, sorry, going back on the one. They went through all the, the, what do you call it, reserve grade comps. They yep. won them more easily. They deserved their spot. They were promoted. And English Super League, I'm assuming, told them five years ago, if you can get good enough to play in this competition, we'll let you in. Two, when has a new franchise on in any business in the entire world become financially viable within 12 months? Exactly. That Especially when you're paying not, for flights. Yeah, that is not a justification to say they can't get in there. You need to give them at least five years. And that's depending on relegation. Like, if they're not good enough, yeah, put them down again because they, I think it's what, bottom two? Bottom three. And that's just a bottom three. So that's justifiable. But if they're 
not mean their relegation. And if this guy who's paying all the money, because the concern for me is that they ran out of money. That's the biggest problem for me in this whole thing. Because as soon as that happens, and it happens to NRL teams as well, it just it takes too long to recover from. So if this it depends guy... what business the guy was in. Like obviously it's a business that got hit hard by COVID, whereas some owners are reveling in this, depending on what industry they're in. Yeah. So if this guy who's come in, and I don't know, obviously we're gonna have to get Sandy on here to advertise the point a bit more. Um, wouldn't be a bad idea to get her on to get some more Australian fans, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So we can push for him to come back. Well, Carlo Levolsi is the new owner. So if he can guarantee financial s- stability for a period of time, whatever Super League justifies it, because as I said, that's the sticking point. There's no reason they shouldn't be in the comp because they will become financially viable. The English Super League have take. I will admit, it's a gamble going into North America because of the travel and all that kind of stuff. In such a, well, Jaren, like that's a very individual place for sport. With they like their sports where they are. Yes. Um, but there's a market there, and if rugby league are stupid enough to pull a team out of there in any capacity, that's just dumb. NRL should be propping up the, the wolf pack because no matter how much I hate American athletes, because I, yeah, that's another story, they are good at what they do. And if you train a few like few of those guys up and might be keen for a game of rugby league, you get, that's a whole new area of oh, yeah. recruitment and retention. So the fact that the Super League aren't on the other side pushing for the wolf pack to come in. Yeah. You're an idiot. And then the, another part of it is you got fiends like Sandy who was... Oh, man, they're fighting, eh? Yeah, it's an incredible... From what I see and what I've spoken to um, Sandy about, it's an incredible fan base for such a small team. Well, an average team, of 10,000 yeah. supporters in their first season. And if you have a look, their stadium... Well, it's not their stadium, I guess. It looks fucking magnificent like sitting where you would be watching footy it's not like a bank west or anything it's kind of like a half-size penrith stadium but it's smack bang on the edge of toronto it looks awesome um and and you've got fans like sandy who from all accounts she she jumped in there and supported them didn't she she jumped in there she's created all this stuff if you've got someone even a few people like that within the organisation who are willing to push that the game stays there. This, the game's going to survive there. And it's so stupid that Super League are even considering this. Well, like, the, the funny thing when we say the Super League are considering it, in the end, it doesn't even come down to the executives of the Super League. What it's coming down to is a historic vote, a historic vote, sorry, from the other 11 teams. So it's a majority rules. They either vote for them to be readministered or they vote for them not to be. If they vote against it, they're only going to have 11 clubs. And it seems at the moment that the big clubs, your Warrington, your Leeds, your St. Helens, your Warrington are all, sorry, uh, Wigan, are voting to keep them in. Because they want a 12-team comp. They want promotion and relegation restored, and you can't do that with 11. Um, Toronto's already said they're going to play all their games in England in 2021. Um, to 
knock down the flight, et cetera, et cetera. Seems like Toronto's doing everything from their point of view. Uh, they're not the only professional sport team to have to pull out of their comp this year due to financial hardship. It's just, oh, to me, it's just ridiculous that a professional sports team, uh, a professional sports competition has a setup in place where the other teams can vote in and out other teams. Yeah. That's and ridiculous. Do go back to the re- recruitment. So you go back in the history, well, since I've been around, really. So... Okay, we'll go a bit further. Like, 70s and 80s, you got... 60s, 70s, probably, you got a lot of players from out the country. Yeah. That's where all the recruitment was. Late 80s, it was Queensland. That's when Broncos came in. That's when they found all these brilliant Queensland players. There was a spike in the early 90s for English players, but Canberra led the forefront of going to New Zealand and finding players. And we all know how that... progressed and then in the last 20 years you've gone from not just new zealand tongan islander players all these incredible rugby union strong five years ricky stewart and canberra again at the forefront have gone over to england and found a lot of superstar players talent over there when's the next person who's going to be smart enough to start recruiting in america in the heart of europe like they had one player a running back yeah. came out, be have a crack. Well, Newcastle signed a running back from I think it was New York in the late 90s, the Giants. He failed miserably. But here's my point, that there's so many people in America and Canada and you can find these blokes who are a bit disillusioned with what they're playing and try and train them up and give them a go. And the fact that English Super League are losing, trying to, there's people protesting and trying to get rid of this massive recruitment ground to expand rugby league. It's just ridiculous. It's insane. It's so, uh, yeah. It's another so step it's, why England's always going to be behind Australia in the, in the quality of the game because they're not willing to change their ideas. It's um. It is a huge road. We'd be coming very close to the decision. I keep refreshing the page, but nothing's been updated. So we'll come back. If you're more interested in that, check out, just jump online and type in um, Super League Vote or Toronto Wolfpack Vote. Uh, we thought we'd include it, sorry, tonight, because it will have reaching effects to the NRL because if Toronto's um, not able to be readministered, all those players will be then looking for new jobs, such as Ricky Latelli, your Sonny Bill Williams, just to name a couple that have come out already. Oh, um, and that's going to – they could come back, take players' jobs, um, go to the Super League elsewhere. It could have lead-on effects. Um, I'd be very surprised if – Especially NRL with our free agency teams, open now. I'd be very surprised if NRL teams not doing, not looking at doing a linking partnership with the Wolfpack. Same way Manchester in the City – season. Yeah, Man, Man City do a blinking partnership with I think Melbourne Victory, is it, in the soccer? No, no, Melbourne... Um, City, Melbourne City. City. Yeah, or whatever it is. So, what, like... Yeah, I, I don't like that goal, Jared. Like, it'd be a really cool idea. Especially for your younger grade, like the uh, Major yeah. League Baseball in the States, they're off-season. There's uh, Minnesota Twins is one that I definitely know of that has... Um, 
their second, third year players come and play in the Australian Baseball League in the off season to keep their skills up before they get back to training camp. I really like that. All right, so we're moving on to November 1. So I call it free agency. It's not really. It's just kind of when um, you can sign for the year after the year that you're about to play because that's how weird the NRL is. Uh, confirmed moves that we can talk about uh, already. So we talked last episode with the guys at Eisenhuth and Jennings heading back to pa- uh, Penrith, so we're not going to recover them. Jake Avrilo, sorry, has extended his contract at the Bulldogs for a further two years. I think the timing for Avrilo is quite good for this deal. Uh, if he was there a couple of years ago, I think there would have probably been better places he could have gone for his development. But Trent Barrett seems to be, uh, he's been quite progressive in his approach to the Bulldogs. So uh, we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting to see where he's going to play uh, next year, whether he's going to oppose, uh, be the opposite centre with Kotrick. Um, maybe Will Hopper Whitey ends up there if they bring in a fullback. Oh, geez, sorry. I just had a yawn. Um, or whether he may, might play on the wing. So that one has been confirmed, as has Michael Maguire uh, at the West Tigers. So, sorry, reported he's about to sign a two-year extension to the end of 2023. So this is an interesting one, considering there seemed to be some uh, distrust, I guess, between uh, Madge and the playing group, and then also... Uh, head office but it looks as though he's about to sign a two-year extension and we've talked about in the past that a coach needs three years at a club Uh, and I guess at the end of this extension you'd expect West Tigers to be back in finals football uh, which they haven't tasted in what 11 years now Um, I think it's a good move by the Tigers I still think Michael Maguire is a good coach you saw glimpses of the West Tigers taking step forwards this year, uh, but you also saw them. It's kind of like two steps forward, one step back kind of yeah, thing for the see, Tigers this year, see. whereas the Titans under Holbrook was kind of more like three steps forward, one step back. Um, see, for, for Maguire, I reckon, unfortunately, 90% of his coaching will be dependent on Luke Brooks because Luke Brooks has been around for like, I think it's eight years now. And he's never played finals, I think. So Luke Brooks really needs to step up his game. Um, They need to push for Harry Grant, 100%. Um, And their recruitment, their recruitment and retention rate's horrible. Yeah, they've just been the they're the basket yeah, case of the NRL. They're not yeah, they're not they're not, they're not respected. Um, they overpay players. Uh, Marshall and Madalina come off their books. They've still got Josh Reynolds, Adam Dewey's on too much money. Um, but they they got desperate to throw money somewhere to get someone there for like three, four years. They've overpaid him based on what he's done so far. Um they're kind of the basket case that has no real direction. Yeah. We know that so, on their day they can beat anyone, but as a fan, you have no idea when that 
day is going to happen, whether they're going to come out and win by 40 yeah. or if they're going to lose by 40. And, and in the last 10 years, yeah. the worst team would be Newcastle. But Tigers, when you look at them closely, like Adam said, I think he hit the nail on the head. They have no direction. Like, there's no, like, a signing. There's no signing where you're like, that's a really good signing. That's That can potentially change the, change the club around. Like, Newcastle signed players like Glasby and Guerra, and then they got Pierce, Clemmer, and Ponga, all those people. Yeah. But there's when you see Tigers sign someone, like, that big-name signing last year was play Lua. He's not going to turn a team around. Harry Grant's been their best sign, and it was a loan. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like he, they just got lucky because fucking they and Melbourne wanted someone to look after Grant, give him some NRL experience, and they needed a centre to replace him, like two games a year. So <laughs> that's the thing. Like their best signing, Melbourne got more out of it than Tigers did. So yeah. sorry, I said <laughs> they haven't made the finals in eleven years. They haven't made the final since 2011, is what I meant to say, nine years. But it's the longest-running drought of any club, and they finished ninth three times uh, in that time. So if they do lock down Madge for a further uh, two years, that would be a big deal, I think, for the club and would yeah. give Madge some stability to try and turn things around there uh, oh. for the long haul. So I wouldn't be surprised if eventually Maguire got sick of Brooks. And oh, start yeah. going after a big name halfback. To be honest, like there's only so many years you can. I think you know you got Dalian last year, but there's so many years where you can just not play finals as a halfback, and you you got to be looked at. Yes. Now, this is the fun bit. Uh, this is why NRL needs a trade and free agency period for like four weeks only at the end of each season because this is where the shit starts to happen. I'll, I'll get a heart attack if that happens because so much shit come out in the last two days. I know, it's brilliant. Um, okay, so let's go. Aiden Tolman has been told by the Bulldogs his services are no longer required. Cronulla hmm. is reportedly interested in signing him for a season. Um, <laughs> likely to backflip an expected retirement call. So Cronulla, the team that's overpaying Dugan, Woods, Moylan... All this stuff's going to sort their woes by signing a 31-year-old prop to be back up by the sound of it to Fafita and Royce Hunt. Um, Where's Woods? Well, he's still on another season in he at um, however much money he's getting paid. Uh, He'd be overpaid. I would just be saying sign him as a replacement because what's the difference, really? Look, I... Uh, how is it a eh? like can you imagine being a, an Aiden Tolman what do you do I'm a professional football player you look at him and you're going oh yeah he's pretty big and solid or whatever he literally does nothing he, uh, apart from his he, he literally is just the epitome of someone who just does his job give me the ball I'll run it up if they've got the ball I'll tackle him nothing else yeah, I don't look it's I don't brilliant. mind he's just got the best job in the world I don't mind Tolman I really don't. I really no, he's he, fine. He, he's he's fine. not a obviously not an origin standard player, but the only thing I can see the Sharks wanting wanting out of him is to bring someone who's some, gonna play a whole season. Well that and to bring some fucking humbleness to the team because what I see in the Sharks, they've got so many superstars. But I see him as so arrogant and 
not. What? Oh, here he comes. Well, well, not prepared to get down in the dirt and actually work hard for a win. I don't see it out of them. I re- like they've got some really talent, but they don't really have that talent. many talented players. Sorry, but they don't have that many workers. Like other than Wade Graham, who I really highly rate. Like you got Dugan, you got Moylan, you got. Johnson, you've got Woods, Fafita. Like, Fafita's all show other than one game a year. And it's just... I, I, just I, I reckon go for it, Tom. Get a... Get a um, sign another year. Why not? Mm. Carry the ball That's up. That's right. Smash it. Um, I, I'm just trying to think of Cronulla's perspective. That's all. I, I reckon if you threw Tolman into an origin game, we'd finish the game going... Did Tolman play? And then yeah, we looked down. He had like forty tackles. Yeah, we looked down. He said he had forty tackles and one hundred and thirty meters. And you'd be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, he's never yeah. a player you're going to go. Oh, Tolman cost us that game. But he's yeah. also never going to go. Oh, Tolman won us that game. Except just... for against Newcastle because he scored against Newcastle. Okay, I know. Uh, if you put him in a, if you put him in a, a really talented team where he didn't have to do anything but his job, he'd be fine. He won a premiership in Melbourne doing just that. Yep. So, good on him. Um, there's been rumours flying around that Bevan French was going to be making a return to the NRL. Yeah. He's been playing over in the Super League for Wigan. He's re-signed there for a further season with an option of a season following that. Um, since his move in 2019, he scored 22 tries in 24 games with the one of the top teams in England. So, it's pretty much, uh, I'd say, not a hard decision on his side. Um, so he's going to be staying in the Super League. So Parramatta fans, if you're looking forward for Be- to Bevan French coming home, he is not. Um, this one's fun. So there's reports that Sione Matautia is about to depart the Newcastle Light. Yeah, uh, Lights, Newcastle Knights. Oh, he has. Okay. So he's for going to St. Helens, which is, no offense, Jared, a big upgrade in um, status <laughs> with regards to a club. I yeah, would Level. Yeah, they're like the Roosters, the Broncos, uh, uh, Melbourne, sorry, in, in stature. Um, that's a big club over there. To me, you'd be coming off the bench, but he's going to be... Who's in back row? He's, oh, I don't know, but I'm just saying not, not many players, again, no offense, of his caliber are going to go over there into the starting side because uh, St. Helens usually have pretty decent forwards. But... Um, in saying that, I haven't looked at their list at the moment. I'm about to look at it. So that's where Ben Murdoch, Masilla, no, sorry, he was um, Castleford, I think. Anyway, so this has been a three-way domino effect. So with Sione Matautia leaving, it's opened up a position at Newcastle and money for them to sign Jake Clifford from the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, he's still likely to make a switch. It hasn't been signed off yet. But because Clifford is moving from Cowboys to Newcastle, Benji Marshall um, has reportedly agreed to a one-year deal to move to the Cowboys. So this comes oh, to I love you, relationship Adam. with Todd Payton. Huh? I love you, but I, I think he's going to walk in. You reckon? Yeah, so their back row is Zeb Taylor. He's been playing pretty well over there. He's been Zeb their Taylor. starting second row for like three years. Um, Dom- Dominic Payroo. Yeah, he's been their starting second row too. And LMS, I don't even know who that is. 
Uh, L. Louis yeah. McCarthy Scarsbrook. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll be on the bench. So, I w- no, I wouldn't be surprised if Dominic Payroon made one. No. They're very loyal, St. Helens. It's pretty rare that they'll go. Oh, look. He could work his way is. in, but they've yeah. um they put a lot of stock in their players. They're a very professionally run yeah. club, and that, that's Sean Wayne used to be. Yeah, look, you know, I, a lot. So with, with with this, I'm not even overly mad. I'd rather um, like if you get Jake Clifford in and losing Sandy Mitauti, it's not the worst thing in the world. Well, because back rowers, you're not you're not thin on. Well, the thing about it is, well, we are now because we've lost Guerra. Lost Matauti and lost Bura this year. Okay. And SASA. Yeah, okay. SASA is the loss there out of those three. No, no, but I mean, like, you said we're not, we, we, we're heavy on second rollers. We just lost four. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't equate. Um... And Glasby as well. That's five fours. Where did Glasby go? I oh, he retired. For a concussion, which I can't blame because he had like 12 in the last yeah, four years. Yeah, okay. But um, yeah, so we've lost five forwards in the in the thing. So last year, got, Brody Jones, was, Fitzgibbon, Barnett, Brazil, Barnett, um, Safidi, Safidi, Clemmer, Josh King. We've still got seven. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So with Clifford likely leaving the Cowboys, that opens up a position for Marshall, who's reportedly agreed a one-year deal. Due to his um, friendship with Todd Payton, who he won a premiership with, uh, that had put Marshall with Morgan uh, up at the Cowboys. That could be interesting. Uh, 35 years old, but we saw enough in this year to see that he could probably... He he also got a place. This is a a three-way domino effect. From a Cowboys perspective, I'm not overly a fan of this. Yeah, like Jake Clifford could have been... A long-term heart for them because he's a local junior. I'm pretty sure. Um, and he, look, he hasn't lit the world on fire, but he had, does have potential. And they're bringing in a 35-year-old who I love, Marshall. But what year? Maybe two. Partnered up with Morgan, who's got, who's injury prone. You got that young fella, um, Tarzi. No, yeah, Arsi. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. So they they do have but Oregon going forward, their best team had Clifford in it. I believe anyway. But and where did, where does where does Drinkwater go now? He could play five eight and Morgan will play centers, I don't know. Well, they did lose the center in Paul Felt, and I think they lost the other. Well, yeah, Felt's out for injury. Um, no, what's I mean, that other? Kane Linnett, he's gone. And Tom Opechik's gone. Yeah, um, so maybe Morgan will have to go on centers, which I think for the money. Linnett went ages ago. Um, I think for the money, Morgan's on to be wasted. But in saying that, too, Newcastle need a six, so I'm not mad about it. Uh, what else is fun? All right, so we've got. All right, transfer whispers out of the Broncos. Uh, Kevin Walters has said all change will be very soon, supposedly based around a meeting today. Nothing's come out at this stage, though. However, uh, some of the things... John Asiata uh, is looking to sign at the Broncos on a one-year deal. 
That's a um, fucking good signing. We talked about Titans being in the running for his signature. So I, I would assume Titans will be watching that because they would much prefer Asiata than the Broncos getting him. Uh, it seems also that Walters has been has done a backflip on Matt Lodge after first saying he wanted him gone. Um, he may allow him to see out his contract to the end of 2022. Uh but it is saying for Asiata's deal to be confirmed, uh, the club needs to get through Monday meeting first, and we haven't heard anything so from that yet. So what does that mean for Carrigan? Because Asiata wanted to lead the Cowboys because Tumalolo is ahead in the lock position. With Jai Arrow going, Titans have a lock position free. And that's where John Asiata was just going to split straight because he wanted to start at lock. That was like... Because I don't think he would have let the Cowboys if Tamalolo was there. Wasn't there, sorry. I don't think he got offered a new contract. Oh, I'm sure he... So they're saying just John Asiata wasn't worth this in their starting I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying what, saying yeah, what I've read. So, but um, Tino could be playing Lockett um, Titans. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the edge. Or SESA. Yeah, I just, like... I think John, John Asiata is... I really, I think he wanted to play lock. So if he goes to Broncos, because you've got Lodge, Haas, Carrigan. where do you put Carrigan? Like he's a he's a world class lock as far as I'm concerned. So, oh. interesting. Uh, mm. This one kind of caught me by surprise, but then when you read about the reasoning for it, kind of makes sense. But uh, so when Latrell Mitchell moved from the Roosters to the Rabbitohs, it was on a, I'm not going to say cut price deal, but less than what he was on at the Roosters um, with a promise that he'd get an upgrade at a later date. So that upgrade is due uh, in 2022. Now for South to be able to find some money, they've got to release players. We know that James Roberts um, has been told he can look elsewhere uh, for a deal in 2021, but it seems like Corey Allen may be a casualty of South salary cap crunch in order to keep Latrell Mitchell. Now, Corey Allen, as we saw this year, is a talented player. He's a good support player. He's played on the wing. He's played at fullback for the Rabbitohs. He's a fullback by trade. Um, South want to keep him there if he'll stay on a low enough deal. However, he's kind of outplayed the money he's on from what we've seen this year. Uh, finishing off with the call-up to the Queensland Origin squad. So they've said they he's can't. free to... They, they can't keep him. And they've no, said no, they he's free to look elsewhere. Get him on a cut-price deal if he gets into that 17 for Queensland because he comes for rec player. It's an instant upgrade. Exactly. So yeah. so then we were um, thinking, well, if, he, if he's been asked to leave and he wants to be on fullback money, if he wants to play fullback, what clubs are out there that need a fullback? And if you look through the 16 clubs, we could only come up with four um, outside the Rabbits that have a chance of, um, that would be able to give him a chance at playing fullback. And when you look at them, they're kind of, they're not the ones that have a lot of salary cap room. Um, So you've got the Broncos who don't have an established fullback. Um, he could go there if they get someone like Jack Bird off the books, even though yeah. they seem to have no suitors yet at the moment. Um, he's a Queensland boy. Cronulla, um, if they can shift Moylan, if they can shift, uh, oh, geez, 
Dugan, if they do shift those. If they re-sign Dugan on a lower price deal, yada, yada, um, he could fight it out for, with Will Kennedy there for the fullback position. Uh, the Bulldogs, although... I've got from... a question about Matt Moylan. So he's on, I think, 900 a year, yeah. or so, around about that. At what point do the Sharks turn around and go, your rehab's coming out of your salary? Because come on. That has got to be a point someone's asking that question because it is fucked. I don't even think his injury history would have been in fine print. It would have been in like bold print in on caps lock. Like even... He would have came in crutches and signed the bloody contract. Do you know who's got the most talent in the NRL? Matt Moylan's agent. Because freaking he's living the high life. Uh, so you could look at the Bulldogs. Uh Two weeks ago, they've got all the money in the world. Now, all of a sudden, they don't have enough money to sign Josh Adokar. But Adokar, you'd be assuming to be on more money than Corey Allen. So maybe the Bulldogs are an option and wouldn't be the worst back line at the moment to come into with some positions there held by less talented players. Um, and then also West Tigers. And we've mentioned earlier that they're already overpaying Adam Dewey. Um, to play fullback, who then got moved to centre at some point through the year and then back to fullback and back to centre. So maybe that position. But if your options are Broncos, Cronulla, Bulldogs, Wes, yeah, you could go there for bigger money most likely, but how much more is it going to be than the Rabbits who are in salary cap drama themselves? Again, another reason why all salaries should be published. But anyway, Bulldogs. Trent Barrett has thrown uh, 800 grand over two years at Matt Burton from Penrith. Uh, so 400 grand a year uh, for a half. He signed for 22-23. However, um, Bulldogs are pushing for an early release as Burton is behind Luai, uh, Cleary and Tyrone May at Penrith. Um whether that comes to fruition or not, where we don't know yet. But on that, supposedly when Barrett took the job at Bulldogs, there was an agreement between him and Penrith that he was not to raid their players and take him, them with him. I call bullshit on that straight away. As soon as he signed a contract with the Bulldogs, as soon as that grand final was finished, he's got just as much right as any other coach to be talking to Penrith players once November 1 comes across. Yeah, and just a just a story going around in Trent Barrett. He was in Bulldogs headquarters at 6 a.m. the day after the grand final. Yeah, right? Yeah, good on him. Like, he could have stayed for a few days well, recovered from that. He lost the grand final, most from in the doghouse the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seems like someone is, it seems like that comes from someone who's in the doghouse a lot. Mm-hmm. Me. Um, yeah, I, I call bullshit on that from Penrith. I'm sorry, but if clubs are allowed to treat players like assets, as they do, if someone goes from your club to seek a higher paying or a better position, as soon as his employer of that club is just as much right as any other coach to turn around and go, all right, Nathan Cleary's off contract. Um, I know I mean, him pretty well. I know you pretty well. I've actually been your halves coach. Here, we can pay just as much as Penrith, if not more. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So he's already I mean, Nathan Cleary's a bit rough because 
David Clear is a bit rough because, you know, the Pembroke coach knows him a bit better than Trent Barrett. Oh, but yeah, I see true. your point. But yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes from there. So where Corey Allen ends up, I'd love him at Manly, but he's not going to be playing fullback there, so I don't see him do, going there. Do, do you know uh, what I don't understand about what anything? Rabbits oh. is right now? Um, so I said a few weeks ago that they should look at well, I, I thought they would be offloading a few outside backs because I think I counted that they had about 10 yeah. quality first grade outside backs. So they're looking at getting rid of Ta- uh, Corey Rose. Allen and James Rose. But they signed Tautan Morgan. Oh, that's another one, yeah. So does that mean Roberts is going to Newcastle? But in saying that too, that's taking two steps forward and one step back. Like, I understand Tauta Mogul will be a lot cheaper than Corey Allen, but why do they so need Corey him? Allen. Exactly. Like, Tauta Mogul's had four knee recos, played, what, I think it was like seven games this year, and it's not, he didn't lose games because of injury. He got, he got dropped from Newcastle. Yeah. That's a fucking good effort to get not dropped from Newcastle's <laughs> back line. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised about it. Look, they're going to have backups next year, but um, I don't understand South's motivation on this one, to be honest. But in saying that too, I think that's because, and I think Newcastle made a deal to trade Moga for Roberts, potentially. Now, this one... I don't know. I think I might be in the minority on this one. So, Josh Mansour has been told... He hasn't been told to look for another club, but he's been told that he'll they be wouldn't f- say no. he'll be fighting to get a starting position next year. So if he can find something better, he'll be welcome to leave. However, Penrith have also said that they will happily pay out his contract for him to remain with them next year. They've just told him that he's not going to be guaranteed a position and he'll be fighting for one. Um, it will, actually, he'll be fighting for a backup position with Robert Jennings. Because Charlie Staines is firming to be the starting winger for Penrith. Now, I can see this from both points of view. I can see Penrith wanting to give their young gun rookie uh, more game time. I can also see from the other side, Josh Mansell is the longest contracted Penrith player. And is a huge reason why they got to the grand final. Um, Not just from this season, but his previous seasons of professionalism and good output year in, year out, bar last year's outlier season. Penrith know Charlie Sands a lot better than I do, but I feel this is a huge show of faith in a player that's played four games. Yeah. Three games. And everyone's pointed to the fact he scored... uh, six tries in what three games or something and he scored four in his first game i get that that was against manly at brookvale manly were shocking 10 years ago that would have been an achievement yeah Panther threw up like 26 nil at half time and there was one of those tries he had to do anything he must be freaking wowing them at training to be telling an Australian and New South Wales representative um, or ex, but either or to 
be looking for another club because you'll be getting overlooked for a rookie. And it's not like Mansoor is old. He's still 30. There is a hell of a lot of clubs that'll be looking at picking up Mansoor, I would assume. Yeah. Not on the huge amount of money. He'll be on less than 330 because he's not in the top 50 players. Oh, I know. I just feel as though with all this conjecture about Brent Naden, etc., Josh Mansell wouldn't be the one that's being told to shove off. Yeah, uh, well, this, this is this is probably for me the most interesting one. So, as far as creating ripples in the competition, Corey Allen and the Benji Marshall ones like affecting other clubs. But this one for me, I'm super curious about because. I said, I think I said it last week for grand final recap. Pembroke are going to be hunted next year. They're going to be the team that everyone's coming after because they won 17 in a row and then, you know, lost yeah. the grand final. If you want to be a dynasty like Melbourne, Roosters, and what Pembroke are wanting to create right now because they've got such a young squad, decisions like these are more important than a lot of people realise because you've got it. It's like a chess game. Bellamy was yeah. fantastic at it. Brings in people who are just as good, if not better, and then sometimes creates plays. Trent Robinson got rid of Mitchell Pierce, picked up Cooper Cronk. He, he's a bit different because of the whole Flanagan situation. But Bellamy, I will admit, is the best at it because his players he brings in, his projects are long-term. Penrith, if they want to be to that standard, Ivan Cleary wants to be talked about the same conversation as those other two coaches. This has got this decision has got to matter because Adam, as Adam said, his longest contracted Penrith player, he'd be the oldest next year now. James Tamworth, most experienced Australian, New South Wales. So is this going to be a? Oh my God, you got rid of him just like people said about Melbourne when they got rid of Greg Inglis, or? Is this going to be a situation where I can't remember a same kind of situation, but is this going to be a situation why do you get rid of Josh Mansour? He's going to kill it for another club. Holy fuck. Where Charlie Staines isn't up to what everyone thought he was going to be. So this is really interesting for me because it's going to determine how long Pembroke can stay at the top. I think you've raised a really good point there and, and how Storm did it. They had a core, and each of them left at a different time. So it was staggered. Um, if Mansour does pick up somewhere else for this season, you've lost Tamo and Mansour in one off season. You look at the rest of that lineup, who's the next most senior player there? Coruscant? Close to Yo. or Yo. They're your leaders going forward. Yeah. And which they're not horrible, but you're starting to really go. You're starting to really be searching for experience then. And um, you're looking hey, in that back line. Dylan Edwards, the most experienced back. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Or Jerome Luai or Cleary. Or he's played 100, Bell- I guess. I reckon Craig Bell, he's sitting there listening to this podcast right now going, wouldn't mind Josh Mansour if Adder Carr leaves. Oh, I was about to say that. Fucking hell. How good would he be in the last twilight of his career under Craig Bellamy? Look what Bellamy did to Steve Turner. 
Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he would just be... He... he, he, he oh, mate. Well, Storm could um, have two wing openings. And that's... Well, yeah. And if he picked up Mansour... Yeah, I... Uh, he could get Dalian winger of the year next year and play for New South Wales. That's how good that move could be for Mansell. Imagine Smith, just... Can you imagine if Smith plays on it to repeat grand final and Mansell wins a try, uh, win, uh, scores a match winner? It's, it's just look. As oh, I said, I'm here for that. This, this this won't get proven for a few years from now. But as I said again, Penrith are going to be hunted next year. Just like Roosters were, just like Melbourne are every single year. Everyone's going to rock up against them next year. And moving players in and out is so crucial in what Cleary does. Yes. So it would be very... I'm very curious how this is going to go handle. And um, oh, it'll, it'll show if Cleary's a pretender coach. So... All right. Um, the last one, I guess, and this is starting to get an origin. Like we said, we talk about, and this is what this show is actually meant to be about. Free agency was too exciting. Um, Adokar has denied that he had a West Tigers agreement, that when he left the West Tigers, that if he did ride back in Sydney, he would re-sign with them. Um, he said that's not the case. He said that throughout the finals now in origin, his manager's dealing with everything. He's been linked to the Bulldogs and Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs have said they're not interested and they don't have the room for him. And the fact that they're shipping out Corey Allen kind of underlines that. Unless the Latrell Mitchell thing's a ruse and they're doing that in Roberts to get out of car, who freaking knows. Um, Bulldogs all of a sudden don't have enough money um, with regards to signing Nick Kotrick, Matt Burton, Cole Flanagan, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even think we talked about that last time. Um, There's, there's even a, a talk now that Adokar is going to see out his last year at the Storm and become a full free agent by 2022 um, and hope that there is more uh, interest for him. The fact that they're not going to have to buy out a season or the fact that he'll be starting fresh. And um, I can also see that from the other club's point, club's point of view because right now, He's worth more than he ever has been. He's an origin representative. He's just come off a grand final win. Um, he's one of the top wingers in the game. He's going to be the more, more expensive now than he would be, say, after a down year next year. Um, so if you rule West Tigers out, if you rule Bulldogs out, it kind of leaves Cronulla maybe in Sydney. But I haven't heard anything with regards to him being Headhunted by Cronulla. Um, I don't know. This one's kind of at an at a impasse at the moment. And the last one before we get to Origin, Roosters. Uh, their sombrero just got bigger because all of a sudden they're the forerunners to sign Joseph Sawali, the boom teenage sensation, who was at Rabbitohs, inserted too many clauses. They said no, Rugby Union was looking, rada, rada, rada. Roosters are now looking at him and to clear up space for him. Um, there's rumours that Angus Crichton will be allowed to look elsewhere at the end of his contract next season. Um, and Wendell Saylor has come out today stating that 
Australian Rugby Union should look at signing Crichton because that's he's a Rugby Union junior. He started in Union before he came to Rugby League. And he's going to be on a bit of money, you would assume. Um, that's that's hugely interesting because Roosters generally, when they sign a player like Crichton, they're going to be there for a fair while. Uh, losing him to pick up a boom rookie would show how much talent this rookie has if Nick Politis is looking at pulling the trigger on a deal like that. Tell you what, though, a lot of people, if that's the case and they're not getting rid of an outside back, they're getting rid of a second role for a winger slash centre, guarantee a lot of people are going to be calling up the roosters going, hey, what's Billy Smith doing these days for the Morris wins there? Yeah, but by the time Swali comes in, he'll Morris brothers would have retired, so he's going to be playing the outside backs. Yeah, but they're going to have Billy still Smith, too many Swali, Manu, Tedesco, Ikavalu, Tupo. Yeah, that's still too many. That's yeah, one, one reserve. I'll be and I'll be bringing up about Billy Smith. Yeah, he he or um, Ikevalu would be the reserve there. Yeah, Um, yeah, it could be. Who knows? All right. So that's literally everything that's happened. And we're on the second day of this free agency period. So there is going to be rumors flying everywhere. There's going to be trades happening, hopefully. Um, And then there's going to be, you're going to be probably cheering for half your team that won't be there the season after. So enjoy the crap and drama that is the NRL contract situations now there's a big game on wednesday night did you know jared oh uh, not really no I, I'm, I, i've pretty well tipped the winner cool yeah you know, like this is one of the biggest weeks in australian sport and i feel like covid has just been so selfish and like and elections people are caring about politics for some reason over sport we had a Bledisloe what? Cup match on the weekend. We had Derby. But we're Day. not talking about that. Melbourne Cup days tomorrow. State of Origin days Wednesday. Stakes days. Uh, sorry, Oaks days Thursday. Stakes days Saturday, and another Bledisloe match. It's freaking amazing. Um. Yes, Wednesday night. State of Origin one. Three weeks back to back to back. First game is at Adelaide Oval. Uh. Obviously, Queensland versus New South Wales with a very new-looking Queensland team under the guidance of Wayne Bennett for this one year. With Kevin Walters picking up the Broncos' head coaching job, Bennett has brought in Mal Meninga as an assistant and advisor, as well as eight debutants. Uh, Queensland squad has been hit with injuries and suspension. New South Wales has picked up one injury, two injuries. Um, to Tom Travojevic and most uh, most recently Ryan Pappenhausen, who was firming for a bench spot. Um, getting to that, I guess, little injury. Xavier Coates had a scare during training. He will be fine, as will yeah, Jake Travojevic and as well uh, James Tedesco. Now, the news leading up to this was the fact that Peter Volandis came out and said the national anthem would not be played during State of Origin. It's probably the first time we've seen him go back on his word and albeit very quickly based around fan reaction and a call from the Prime Minister. Now, 
he said it wasn't about politics. I feel that's kind of odd. But he said, we've, we've been a commission that listens to our fans. We've heard the message and acted accordingly. That would be one half of fans. The other half would have been fine with the uh, anthem not being played. Um, I think the bottom line that they've come down to is in a COVID year, everyone needs to stick together and having the anthem is the best way for us all to stick together. Sounds like something Scott Morrison said on his phone call to him. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not saying whether I support or non support the Australian national anthem. I've never been fussed with it being at state of origin. I don't feel it needs to be there. I'm just, uh, to me, it's, a match between two states. It's not a national event. I know people from all around the country watch it, but there's only really two states invested in it. Um, whereas the grand final of the AFL, the grand final of the NRL, you're representing three, four, five states of the country. It is a national um, competition. We're a state of origin between two teams. Um, I, I can... I don't feel as though it needs to be there. I don't care if it is. I just find it's an odd decision to come out and say it's not going to be there and then turn around and say it will be there a day after based on public opinion and a phone call from the Prime Minister. I think that's the first time we've seen a bit of weakness on behalf of Landy's. I think he showed strength in saying it won't be there because it's a state versus state thing, but then completely backtracking and searching for excuses the day after. Kind of, it's like a Todd Greenberg move. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just don't. I, it's not the anthem thing I got the issue with for this. It's just why put yourself in the situation to cause this sort of stir when you, considering how smart he's been, how could you not foresee this happening? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not overly big either way. There's arguments coming out of the art wazoo for this one um i can't believe i just said wazoo um yeah i just i'm not overly phased either way let's put it that way i'm not i understand both sides i'm yeah if look if the national anthem got played i'm not going to be like jesus christ has got played didn't get played, I'm not going to be like, bloody hell, that ruined the game. Yeah, exactly. I'm there to watch the footy, not listen to the answer. So. Um, what's going to be interesting, I think the NRL, well, Vlandy's just put the NRL in a very precarious position here because we know our Indigenous players are heavily against the national anthem and, and rightly so um, from their point of view he's kind of brought more attention to an issue that kind of didn't need it right now um, with regards to controversy. <clears throat> it's, I, I'm interested to see what sort of uh, opinions are going to come out and, and statements if certain players choose to kneel, not sing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'll just put out, this is from a personal point of view. It's not from the podcast as all, because I'm not speaking for Jared here. Um, if players choose to kneel or not sing the national anthem, don't get on your high horse and say it's un-Australian. 
it shows a lack of education or ignorance from the point of view that if you can't see why they're upset about it, um, probably educate yourself first before you complain about it. Uh, they've got every right to sing or not sing. It's up to them. Um, but I think the NRL's kind of highlighted something that really didn't need it in this point in time. And it's probably the first slip from Vlandy's um, just putting himself in this position and not See, foreseeing what was going to happen. I, I just think that if you're going to... Pro- if, if someone protests it, okay. Um, a lot of the Indigenous players, they've, they've been openly... Um, vocal, they've been very vocal of what they believe, which is, as Adam said, perfectly justified in what they believe. But they're all you, they're allowed to believe it. So if they do kneel or don't sing, or I, 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 I don't know, um, good, that's fine. Um, if the Australian players sing or don't sing or kneel, that's fine. Yeah, um, it's we don't want to get all freaking American yes. where as soon as you see one person kneeling, that's against our constitution. How dare you kneel for our military rights? That's not that's not what this country needs to turn into. Yeah, and um, to be honest, it's not what this podcast needs to turn into either. No. We just that's our opinions, and as Adam said, we we speak for ourselves. So if someone wants to protest, and I'm perfectly behind them. If someone doesn't want to protest, I'm behind them as well. So yeah. That's it. Um, all right. So the big talking point um, leading up to this Origin contest, obviously, is the um, jersey design for this year. And have that's to the say, big talking point. Oh, forget! I love my jerseys. You know that. The or- <laughs> Queensland may not win the series um, from the team list, but their Origin jersey kicks the shit out of New South Wales's jersey this year. You got to be. You got to say that. You know what? I'm going to start betting for Queensland just because their jersey looks prettier. It's pretty sick. I I hardly ever buy Australian sports jerseys because they're so overpriced, but this Queensland Origin jersey is brilliant. They've brought back the kind of... It's almost a real collar, actually, with a white trim. White trim on the end of the jersey. Minimal, I guess, in the way of advertising, although we have to have advertising since it's Australian sport and it's got no money in it. They've got the retro Queensland logo with the kangaroo and the big Q. It just looks like an awesome jersey. It um, Unfortunately, the New South Wales jerseys kind of look like your typical walking billboards and they're not real flash. I do kind of like the V in the middle, but it's hidden between, it's hitting under two massively oversized logos. The State of Origin logo and the New South Wales logo are, are hugely oversized compared to okay. the Queensland one. Um, so even if Queensland lose, they're going to look stylish doing it. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a pretty big want. point. And, um, but yeah, there's no, de- there's no denying, seeing the team list, uh, Queensland don't really need to beg to be underdogs in this. They're heavy underdogs in this series. It's kind of like your 06 origin series are all over again. Or your Paul Vorton <laughs> coached Origin series where you're kind of looking through the team list going, who the hell is that if you're not a um, consistent rugby league watcher? 
And there, I know there's going to be people tuning into State of Origin this year going, hey, where's Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith? Like, yeah, they are. Uh, they kind of retired, mate. But uh, anyway, DCE. Oh, you want to name the Queensland squad and then we'll go through it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll do Queensland, you do New South Wales. Who wants to go first? Yeah. You're the reigning I'll champion. You guys can go first. All right. Age before beauty. Well, you're older. Um, so, for fullback New South Wales, Tedesco passes injury issues, and he will be playing, lining up number one, best fullback in the world. Then you've got Addo Carr, probably the best winger in the world. And you got Tupo. Yeah. And you got Gutherson and Wyden, a fullback and a 5'8 playing centers. So, yeah. Um, you got Kiri and Cleary. Rat, Ray Warren is going to have a lot of problems with that one, I reckon. Cleary to Cleary to Cleary to Cleary, the walker. Um, up front, you got Debutant in Junior Paulo, Damian Cook and Daniel Saifidi, Tyson Frizzell, Boyd Cordner, Jake Tavoyevich. That is a world-class back row. On the bench, um, Freddie Fittler's actually gone back to a guy he dropped in last year's series in Cody Walker. With Payne Haas, Cam Murray, Angus Crichton running at 17. And you got Cam McInnes. St. George captain. Um, the way he plays is kind of built for origin. You got Junior Paulo's front row partner in Campbell Gillard with Nathan Brown and Zach Lomax, the gifted one, as he's been called. Um, I'm surprised one. by that squad. Yeah, that's what Fitler calls him. I'm surprised by that squad. Um, mainly with Paulo. I'm very surprised by him there. And Gutherson I think we both picked him, didn't we? What? I didn't. No. Uh, and Gufferson and Sanders, I just think that with Gufferson and Walker, Fitler would have wanted him in the team. And I think he's found positions for them. I would say there's better outside backs for that particular position. Um, Name one. Kotrick. Yeah, right. You got one. Uh, in On form, I'd go Lomax as a genuine centre. Um, I, I, I'm perfectly happy with in there, says Gusson. And Cody Walker, um, probably because he's so versatile, he can play anywhere in the back. Um, and can he? Well, okay, so he probably can't play centers, but he can play halves and fullback and look, lock and hooker. Um, lock. yeah, pretty good lock. This roaming, um, he won't, what about you know, defense? Trace. Yeah, not in defense, but attack would be good. But see, the thing about it is, I reckon he personally got in because of the combination between him, Cook, and Murray. At one point, all three of them are going to be around the middle in the game. And that's what I'm thinking that Fitler's aligned on. And, and Bennett's afraid of because that's Bennett's go to combination for Southie. So you won't better coach against it? Well, look at the players well, he's got. If you look at Bellamy trying to coach against, yeah. Melbourne if you look at the players he's got, like, and the thing about Origin is that the quicker you can, if you can find combinations to fit, um, you're doing well. If that makes sense, so you, yeah. you've got a good tactic right there, and those three with Murray's speed. 
of getting up for the play the ball, quick play the balls, cook speed, and Walker's instincts. Um, I just think that that's what Fittler's relying on. Because that was, I'd say, probably about 60-70% of South Sydney's tries came indirectly for those three. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd also make a couple of changes. Yeah. Um, if, if Queensland had... Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say Cole Phelps is injured, but if we had Valentine Holmes and Corey Allen both available for this game, and they were in the back line, um, I I'd still give New South Wales the edge, but I wouldn't be anywhere near as concerned um, because I see Gutherson as a huge defensive weakness in their centres. Uh, he's a very off-the-cuff sweeping fullback. Uh, he doesn't, to yeah. me, have the strength of kind of... Um, remember what Crichton did to Brinko Lee in the in the yeah. final? I don't see him doing that over the top of somebody. Um, unless he's got the gap to run around them. So if I had someone like uh, Corey Allen or Holmes able to play in my back line, I could shift those backs around a little bit and set him up with probably a better defender than Branko Lee. Well, I, I, I kind of just put him as null and void because his see, best play is his sweep and his cutout ball and he can't do that as a centre. The thing about it is Branko Lee is a very safe defender. So that thing that Stephen Crichton did for him, Branko Lee did 100% everything you teach your centre to do defensively. He stayed on the inside of him. He pushed him out to the wing, which he's supposed to do. Um, He kept his his inside shoulder towards him. So he could always, you know, Mm. um, use that. He also tried to take him upstairs. No, but but that close to the line, first contact always has to be upstairs. Especially for someone as tall as... He hit him like eight metres out. That doesn't matter. You got to, you got to, 90% of contact these days is upset. First anyway. contact is up, up at the ball. So, Stephen Crunkles is freakish. So, I actually think defensively, Branko Lee has a bit of an edge over Gustafson here because Gustafson's not a center. No. Um, his biggest attribute is his fitness and his attitude. That means fuck all in the centers. So, yeah, I'm very surprised I, by them. Yeah, so I, I'd... Um, I'm very surprised Kotrick's not playing. Yeah, I, I'd have Kotrick there and, and just throw him in the centres. I know he's been playing wing all year, but anyway. Um, there's going to be an aerial battle all day between Coates and Tupo. They kind of cancel each other out under the high ball because they're both pretty good at it. Tupo is more experienced because he's had... You didn't read the Queensland team. I haven't done that. Anyway, sorry. Looking through New South Wales team, uh, other changes um, I'd make. So I'm looking through, and obviously they've got a hugely talented team. Hugely talented. Uh, there's one aspect of origin I think they're missing um, that they've kind of had in spades uh, over the last, I'd say, eight years, even though that they've lost the majority of those seasons, which is... 
uh, mongrel and aggression. I'm looking through that New South Wales team and I say, there's a lot of nice players. <laughs> but I don't see anyone who's scary, who's aggressive, who's going to get literally down and dirty and fight and claw if it's a dirty game. And that's different to not giving up and continuing to try. Um, they don't have that. Um, the They don't have the players that Queensland hates because of respect, which is like your Paul Gallen, your, your, um, your Greg Bird. Queensland used to have Nate Miles who do that. Um, yeah. Like that sort of player. But I feel as though there is um, probably two on the New South Wales reserves, um, but one that I would point to more than the others, which would be Nathan Brown. And while, and I think Jared would agree with me here, he might not be as talented as some of the interchange forwards or the starting forwards. He brings that aggression um, that I think some of these other forwards don't have from New South Wales. Um, so if you're a Cherry Evans or a Munster or a AJ Brimson and you're running the ball to the line. Uh, sorry, Joe's just stepped out randomly. I just had to look up at the screen. Um, as a ball player, you're always going to be worried because it's origin. Someone's going to hit you, but I'm not going to be more than worried if that makes any sense. You're not second guessing yourself thinking you're going to get a late shot in the ribs or anything like that. Jake Jaboy, which isn't going to do that. Um, Frizzell might, but you've got to get him pretty amped up for him to get angry like that. Um, I don't think Corden has been in good enough form to be even thinking about that. If you have a look at his last two performances in the finals and actually look at it and take his name value away from it. Um, and you can say that against any player at any time, really. Um, yeah, it, they've got obviously more talent than the Queensland pack. But looking at the Queensland pack, Christian Welch, Josh Papali, um, Cohen Hess, I'm not going to say anything about Tino because I haven't seen him in that sort of position. But well, Jared's just popped back into the screen. It'll be interesting to see what he has to say on that. Um, I was just finishing off saying New South Wales clearly has the more talented forward pack um, and probably more talented forwards on the interchange. But to me, they're missing someone who the Queensland ball players would be second guessing if they took the ball to the yeah. line. So like a Bo Scott kind of player. A Bo Scott. And to me, Nathan Brown um, won Origin Series and he'd be the most hated New South Wales player on the Queensland side. Yeah. Um, Regan Campbell-Gillard could do that sort of stuff as well. But you need an enforcer. And I think New I, South Wales has enough talent to allow them to drop a Crichton, to allow them to drop a Murray, to allow them to drop... Um, Apollo and bring a Nathan Brown in just so you've got one aggressive player who's going to smack Cameron Munster late, who's going to smack Cherry Evans late or Brimson late if they take the ball to the line. Yeah, you give away a penalty, but that's the point of it. I I I do agree that you do need that in Origin, but 
as as Adam said earlier, they've had so many players like that in the last fifteen years, and it hasn't worked out for them. But you haven't had the talent around them. Oh yeah, I just like this. This New South Wales team has so much talent, but if things aren't going for them, who's going to get down, roll their sleeves up, and change the momentum? Oh, with a, with my money's big, on Murray. And with a big a shot or something like that. Um, yeah, there's no one in there who's going to do a massive like, shot. Remember remember when, um, like, if Queensland, if New South Wales is getting a roll on or something like that, there'd be, like, a play the ball and Nate Miles would come up and smack yeah. someone in, like, the face with an elbow could, and they go for a fight. The and then Nate Miles is standing there and they're like, well, yeah, he elbowed me, but I'm not fucking taking that dude on the fight. Um, so can I ask you a question? Is that like the only reason Queensland picked Cohen Hess to do that? I have no reason. I have no idea why they picked him, but I did just <laughs> highlight him before. If it gets like that, he'd be one of those players. But he, even then, actually, he's more of a he's more of a hothead. It, it's yeah. a difference. Like I'm looking at players like Papali, Papali, um, Christian Welch. Um, uh, if you look on the bench, yeah, Jaden Sewer, uh, those sort of players who, if there needs to be a little bit of a niggle or a late shot or a hard hit to put someone on their ass, they're going to go out and do it. If you look yeah. at ball playing skills, Jake Trebojevic has the whole Queensland forward pack covered and sleight of hand. <clears throat> Cam Murray's got that. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Angus Crichton can even pop a short ball if he needs to. Uh They've got a bit more finesse, but if this is a low-scoring game and it's a bit of a nitty and gritty sort of battle, I still don't think Queensland has the firepower in the backs to score enough points anyway. But if it gets into that sort of battle, the Queensland forwards are more than going to hold their own. Yeah, so Queensland forwards, that that's a bloody good four-pack. Like, And it's not even as good as it can be, according to... Who else would you put in there? Oh, shit, I, mean, I still haven't even wrote it down because I was waiting for you to get oh. back. Anyway, Queensland fullback, AJ Brimson. Xavier goes regularly. Uh, Harbs, Cameron Munster, and Cherry Evans, six and seven. <clears throat> the forwards, Christian Welch and Joshua Parley at prop with Jake Friend at hooker. Felice Kafusu, Cohen Hess in the second row. Sino Fasamawali at lock with Ben Hunt, Lindsay Collins, Jai Arrow, and Jaden Sewer on the bench. Kurt Catewell, Mekai, Fodawaka on the reserves with Dynamis, Louis, and Heimel Hunt. I rushed through the backs because Branko Lee, Philip Sammy, Xavier Coates, and Dane Gagai is playing center. Yeah, okay. So this yeah. is how I see this game going. As I think Adam said. I dropped Angus Crichton for Nathan Brown is also the point I made when you went there. Um, Queensland have a gun front row. Like, that is perfect yeah. mix of size, strength, speed, um, and durability, fitness, motor. It's, oh, I love it. Welch and Papali. Um, as I said, I'm very surprised by Cohen Hess. Think of that how you will. I don't think he had a great I two did years. Not. Um, Felice Kafusi. He's obviously going to be there. Famasui, yeah. he's well, Famasui, he's really good. I had him for a bench um, spot. 
And I love your bench. So you got Lindsay Collins, Jai Arrow, Jaden Sewer. So um, I love it, but I think it could be better. No, no, a minus hunt. I think that's the best bench you can put out. I really do. Um, maybe there's an argument for Spot Awaker, but maybe you'll come in round round two, and they might bring. Yeah, I love the idea. You got Lindsay Collins and Christian Welch. I love that squad. Um, okay, so me and Adam spent a fair amount of time on the halves before this podcast. Okay, I just bench. Hess out completely. <clears throat> Jai Arrow starting at lock. Because I don't see the point of bringing Jai Arrow off the bench. He's not an impact player. He's an 80-minute player. Jai Arrow at lock. Fodder Waker under the bench, at least. Um, yeah. My, 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 it might be Kafusi. Sewer, Arrow, and Bench would be Capewell, Collins, Fodawaka, Famasuli. Fasamawali, sorry. You have no, other than Famasuli, you have no mobility on your bench. Uh, Fodawaka. No. Kurt Capewell. Yeah. Okay. Do you have Kurt Capewell or Ben Hunt? I've had Ben Hunt. Okay. What if friend gets his head knocked in again? Who are you going to put a hook at Brimson? What are we losing at hooker? Sorry? What are we losing at hooker? <laughs> a tackler. <laughs> okay, so this game is going to come down to the half because I I do believe that Queensland's forward pack can get on top of New South Wales forward pack. So obviously, Safidi and Paulo don't have big game experience. Safidi's um, played Origin before. Yeah, one game, you had Clemmer right next to him, babysitting. Um, Paulo has not played big game experience at all. He's a big body. New South Wales definitely have a bigger team because they'll be rotating Paulo and Hearts the entire time. Um, with, I just think there's a massive mismatch in the front row with Papali, Welch versus Afidi and Paulo. That's how I see that. That's massive in the middle. Um, the only thing that's saving New South Wales is but you've got Travojevic holding that middle down and then you bring Murray on after. I guess that's the, I, I think that's the one, the, like, the biggest upside of Jake Friend is that New South Wales are going to want to attack through the middle and he's one of the best defensive yeah. dummy halves. Yeah, and he, he he's not overly attacking. No. And that's probably a bit generous there. Considering, I will admit, when he was a junior... He was a gun when it came to attack. He's he not a junior just... anymore. He'll be there to yeah. He played for New South. What's he play for? Defense and defense. Um, yeah. So the only thing holding New South Wales middle, as far as experience, is Travojevic. He's not a bad someone that has it behind you. New South Wales are going to try and barrel through the middle of Queensland with their pure side. But then you go, just for Parley, just on that field because he'll play at least sixty minutes. He's just going to. They're going to really struggle with how good he is and then what his mode is like. Like, I just, I'm very surprised um, Clemmer's not there. Because if you throw Clemmer in that scene instead of Safidi yeah. or Paulo, I don't know which then one. Then you've you do. got some mongrel and aggression. Yeah. And then you've got a hard edge. Um, and then 
you can throw in the fact that no, Clement doesn't pass the ball. This year, he's second to offloads. Yeah. To I love how this is your whole justification around the halves. No, okay. So that's going to come back on it because if they go through the middle, so we could we talked oh, a couple of weeks here. Oh, it was Coruscant versus Smith. So yeah. in the if if Queensland are winning the halves, you'd be very hard pressed to stop Cherry Evans and Munster because of their game. That's the Australian half pairing. Yeah. yeah. So you'd be very hard pressed to stop them. On the other hand, if New South, because I don't think that New South Wales halves can win on a losing Ford pack at all. Um, this year, Cleary and Kiri, when, when Kiri's good, it's either he's got Cronk or Pierce next to him that Ken has got that experience and been teaching him for a long time. But this year, he's kind of like he's been, he's an incredible player and can create something out of nothing. But when his Ford pack's losing, he struggles. Um, he's already Kiri's come out this thing. week and said that Kiri, Kiri already came out this week and said he's going to take a back seat to Cleary and let him run the show. And he'll chime which, in similar to what he does at club level. Yeah, which should be happening. So the difference I see is that Queensland's front row have got so much more hard edge compared to New South Wales starting front row. But if New South Wales can get on Queen, top of Queensland's forward pack, and here's the big difference, Munster and Cherry Evans can still win a game because they've proven they can on a losing forward pack. Cherry Evans can still do really well. Look at him the entire year. Your four pack got dominated for like eighty yeah. percent of the year, and he was he was great. His stats were in the top five. So for... what Jared's saying there is, if you watch Manly play outside of the first six games and injuries took a hit, we were crap. Hence why we finished fifth last. Cherry Evans was still in top five in kicks, kick meters, try assists, um, and line break assists. Yeah, for a team that so... was finishing fifth last. Whereas, and I keep going back to it, when Pembroke played Newcastle, Newcastle beat, actually, that's not a good comparison. Cleary wasn't playing. When, last week, when Melbourne beat Pembroke, Melbourne won in the middle. Yes. And Cleary was close to being ineffective for a lot of that game. I, I think Wayne Bennett and Melbourne will be watching that game, how to stop Cleary. But with that as well, um, if New South Wales get a few early tries through the brilliance of their back line. Game's over. Well, Queensland don't have enough attack and threat to win no. this game. No. Oh, that, oh, sorry. Not win it. Come back. Come back. So, yeah, that's, that's the thing I see if... It comes down to Cherry Evans and Munster for me because they can win the game in a losing and winning four pack. But for New South Wales, it comes down to New South Wales winning the Ford battle. I also think but Ford's lay a platform, but we saw in the final series what Tedesco can do on a team that's not playing well. Like he was directly responsible for something like 60% of the Roosters' points through the finals. And I look at their team up and down and 
I used to feel like this when Andrew Johns used to get the ball um, when I used to when Origin when I was in high school. Every time he got the ball, I was worried. I didn't care what the score was. I didn't care when New South Wales was on the field. I was worried because I respected his talent. I respected what he could do. I think Tedesco is the first player since then um, that I felt that about. When he gets the ball, I get worried because I know that this is what fantasy football's killed me. When I've had Tedesco on my fantasy football team, I want him to get the ball because I know he's going to break like six tackles, create a line break out of nowhere, and a try is going to come off the back of that. When he's playing for the team that you're versing, you're shitting yourself because as soon as he gets the ball, you know the defense starts playing differently. Everyone just stops. They watch to see which way he's going to go. He's going to pump. He's going to do this, all of this. And all of a sudden, there's a try out of nowhere. Um, it's a pretty rare player that you have that feeling about. Well, from my opinion, uh, I see this game as rocks and diamonds. New South Wales are the diamonds. They are talented. Um, they're quick. They've got size, mobility, skill. Queensland have uh, a solid. They're aggressive. They're tough. They're, they're going to have to play as one huge unit, especially in the forwards. Um, the halves are going to have to take their opportunities. They'll be probably kicking early to turn New South Wales around, I would assume. And the rookie, the rookie backs, Sammy, Lee, Coates, Brimson, they're just going to have to do their job. Like, I, I, I think Bennett's just going to be Coates. Stay on Tupo. Mark him. If we give you the high ball, do your best. Lee, don't push a pass. Don't try and do anything brilliant. Defend, defend, defend. Gay guy, they're not going to have to talk to. Um, Brimson, if you see yourself in their 20, chime in. Otherwise, play a solid role. Focus on your defense, all that sort of stuff. Just get through the game and put it on Cherry Evans and Munster with the experience. If Queensland's going to win, it's going to be something like 14 10. I, I can't see Queensland scoring 24, 26 points unless yeah. New South Wales has a complete off day. Um, whereas if Diamonds comes up, I can see them piling on 30. 20, 30 points through that back line. Um, the fact that there's no combinations in the whole Queensland back line outside of Munster and Cherry Evans. Like, Gagai is the only one of that back five yeah. That that's scary. Whereas at least yeah. in New South Wales, you've got Tupo, Tedesco, White, and Addo Carr have all played together. Um, Tupo, I think, I think club level. I um, think another one that would kind of let him go a little bit is Jack Whiten, Dalian Player of the Year. Not that's why I haven't talked about him. I know what to expect from him. He, but that's the thing. Like he he can. You look at. You, you go to Desco, create nothing out of something out of nothing. You've got to stop doing that. You look at Adokar, gets the ball, gone. You look at Daniel Tupo, he's just safe. He's a tall bloke, he's safe. And then you look at um, Clint Govinson, we broke sketchy. But then you look at Jack Wyden, you said you, you know what you're going to get out of it. I don't think people do know what they're going to get out of it. I know what I'll get um, out of it. <laughs> The thing about him is he's improved so much. He's kicking games. He doesn't have to kick. 
What? He, he, the, the thing that I'm so scared about with him, at Canberra, the reason why he has a couple of weeks off in form here and there is I think he's trying to control the game too much, think too much, pass, kick, rah, 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 and he's improved on them. Here, get the ball and run, dude. And that's what he's so freaking good at. Like, when he decides yeah. to run, he scores a double almost every game. Yeah, and he's, but he's see, running that fucking Dane Gay guy. Yeah, and Dane Gay guy's, Gay guy's not there for his defense. So no, but you you do raise a good point that he can't. He's a great runner, and that alone should have Queensland worried. But the fact now he learnt how to ball play, he's learnt how to kick, and he and the fact is he's a toughest son of a bitch in the rugby league. Oh yeah, he's he's a he's a weapon and he's. Big too. Yeah. So, the perfect Queensland player. When, when um, Wayne Gra- Wade Graham's on the field, you know you don't know what he's going to do, and he always ninety percent of the time when he's fully fit, he does the right option. Mm. You agree? Jack White will be the same thing, except two years ago, he didn't have a kicking game or really a passing game. Now, he's got that many strings to his bow. That, as you said, gay guy's not there defensively, and he's probably like if he's got White and Tedesco running at him, just call it a day, really. Like, and if Sammy they're, they're comes wing- up too early, White's just going to slide the kick in behind. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like two years ago, you wouldn't say that about White, but with Ricky Stewart teaching him how to play five eight, he's just got that good. And and as Adam, and as Adam said, he doesn't have to think anymore. He just has to play on pure instinct. So he's going to make that right pass to his wing. He's going to know when to run and he's going to know when to kick. How do you see so, the rotation? I think the Queensland forward rotation is pretty straightforward. Collins is going to come on for Papali. Um, Arrow's going to come on for Fasamawale at lock and Sue is going to come on for Hess, you would assume. Felicia will play out or Kafusi will play out 80 minutes. Welch will then come off when Papali comes back on. Um, so it'll be a three-prop rotation between Welch, Papali, Collins. Um, Arrow and Fusuma Wale will interchange and Sewer and Hessel interchange. Would you agree? Something like that? Yeah. New South Wales have got that many options. New South Wales. very versatile players. Yeah, like Safidi's not going to play 80. Either is Paulo. You've got Huss, who I, I would assume when Huss comes on, he's not going to come back off. Um, so he'll probably go on, like, let's say, the 25th or 30-minute mark, and I wouldn't be surprised if he plays the rest of the game. And then um, Murray and Crichton. So I'm not – if I'm a Queen – oh, if I'm a Queen – I'm a Queensland fan. If Crichton comes on at lock, I'm not worried in the slightest. Um, to me, that would be a weak link for New South Wales. So I'd be switching probably Murray and Trebojevic. Um, maybe a 50-30 split, something like that. And just nah. keeping that nice and simple. But I see yeah. Crichton's going to have to I replace Frizzell. Like, if Crichton's in the middle, I'm, I'm looking at that as a load off for Queensland because his best attribute is his running game. Um, run on the edge is a lot more efficient than run through the middle. With a player I wouldn't like be him. surprised if he played both sides of the on, on both edges. He can do it. No, oh, yeah, he can. Um, I'm just I don't so see. So I see their rotation off. as Paulo 
and um, Safidi coming off, as you said, 25, yeah. 20, 25 minutes. And Hasenjavojevic going to lock. Yeah. Uh, going so, to prop. Yeah. And then Murray go to lock. Those three players can last a long time. Junior Paul only has to play 15 minute stints. Yeah, true. That's how I see that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if past did, uh, Payne Hart did come off only for 15 minutes at a time. Because then he comes on and creates havoc. Junior Paulo's got, you know, 20, 25 minutes to rest. Yeah. That's how I see that going. So where's Crichton going to come on? Both edges. Depends on Cordner, how he how he's handling. Depends if New South Wales is winning as well. Yeah, so Crichton, as you said, he, I, I, I'd be, he can play lock. Oh, he can. Said, I, I, he's not, but he's, he's not as strong as Kravojevic and Murray. He's I don't not think as strong he's... as Oh, I don't know if it's strength. I just don't see his body type as a his greatest attribute. He's he's actually quite quick and mobile, and I think that's wasted through the middle. If he can line up one on one against Cohen Hess on the edge, I'm more worried about that from a Queensland point of view than him trying to run through Papali friend and Rich yeah. in the middle. So New South Wales Ford Pack, you've got a million options because all of them are versatile. Um, the only ones are probably like you, you, you could have Cordner Frizzell play eighty minutes and rotate the rest of just around the front row, everyone's mm-hmm. position. Um, if New South Wales are winning, um, sorry, if they're losing, they'd bring on Paulo, they'd bring on Parks, give some size through the middle, trying to create opportunities. Second phase. If play. they're winning, even if it's a short, like a small pointed game, if they're winning, they're going to have Travoyevich, they're going to have Murray. They're defensive specialists. They're going to have guys who can control that middle. Who, as you said, friends not going to miss a tackle. I put Travoyevich and Murray's tackling ability and consistency mm. higher than friends with them. And then you can bring Walker on as well, who I believe is going to play lock. That's how I see him playing this game. He's going to come on, run around the middle, tired forwards, um, probably target their. The bigger Ford's coming off the bench, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that's how I see Walker playing. So, you and this is probably one of Queensland's biggest negatives. Adam can, we can predict Queensland's rotation and when they're going to get rotated and stuff like that. Because New South Wales are so versatile, you cannot predict where who's going to go. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to say, like, you get 100% predict because Arrow played prop. He's played starting prop for Origin. Tino played prop for Melbourne. Yeah, um, but it's easier for Queensland, isn't it? Oh, it's easier. Yeah, and but, you, you, you look at Fittler, he'd have more of an idea of what's going on. And don't forget, he's got Andrew Johnson, Phil Gould in his corner. Like, Queensland are popping up to the fact they've got Meninga and Bennett. So they're two I think that wins most- overall. No, no, but they're, they're the two most successful coaches in Queensland history. Yeah. Fittler, even though he's not part officially of the of the squad, Phil Gould's having the same. Oh, yeah. Fittler there. So he's the most successful coach in New South Wales. And history. if it's anything like the grand final commentary, he'll have a say for 80 minutes as well. Because supposedly Penrith was the best team. <laughs> well, he was right, but that's another story. No, he wasn't. So, no, no, he was right when he said it. Uh, 
so yeah, Fitler's the the coaching story is another complete story. How interesting that's going to be. But Meninga and Bennett would have an idea. But the thing about it is, Fitler's so weird. Those weird ways of putting people in and seeing different things that no one else sees. So he might throw a few curveballs at Meninga and Bennett, whereas. I don't think Bennett and Meninga have that many curveballs to throw. You're saying to Bennett lines up everything as he says it is in the week leading up to it? Nah, no. But the thing about it is he's he, he plays his cards before the game. Like, you know what's going to happen. Like, supposedly Kirk Cagle was going to come in the centres for defensive prowess. I, I still see his... Gagai playing wing. I don't see him playing centre. Yeah, but you, that's my point. You see Bennett doesn't talk about what he's going to do. But I think Fittler would have more surprises for him during the game. than. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I see what you're saying. All right. So, so what's your um, what's your scoreline prediction? I don't... All year I've been saying that New South Wales should shit it in. Um, I'm very happy with the Queensland squad. I think they've done the best out of the pretty rough time they've had. Um... I still put probably 18-10 to New South Wales. Oh, wow, and that's, thank uh, you. They get up 18-6 and in the last, like, five minutes, Queensland score, if that makes sense. So they dominate the game, but it's not a blowout. I had a um, 18-10. I, I had a student come in, like, period five, till I was watching um, some horse racing, getting Melbourne Cup bets for tomorrow. And they're like, also, oh, who, who are you betting for on Wednesday night? I was like, betting? Uh, New South Wales. Like, are you a Blues fan? I was like, no, 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 I'm a Maroon. But you said betting. Um, if I was going to put money down, I'd put on New South Wales. They're like, who are you going for? I'm like, Queensland, of course. But if you were making me put money on it, um, I'd put on New South Wales. I, I just, there's no point lamenting it, the suspensions. The players aren't there. I just don't see Queensland having enough points in their numbers two to five to score. Um and it kind of makes New South Wales' job a bit easier. If they can take Munster and Cherry Evans out of the game uh, through legal, illegal means, pressure, whatever, to me, the game's pretty much over because you don't have a, a Slater or a Smith or someone like that or an English to bail you out anymore. Um, well, I already said it earlier. For Queensland to win, it has to be low scoring. It'll be a 14 to 10, a 16 to 14, that sort of score line. The other advantage I guess Queensland has is it's in Adelaide and not New South Wales to start with. Oh, I've got New South Wales winning based on their overall skill. Um, but yeah, if if I'm saying New South Wales is winning, I'm saying they're winning by 10 plus. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Sh- I really am not sure on what sort of score line it's going to be. If New South Wales are scoring thirty, I don't see Queensland scoring twenty. If that makes sense. But yeah. if New South Wales scores twenty, I see them winning by ten plus. I just don't see Queensland yeah. be able to score more than twenty points unless something dramatic happens. Um, oh, yeah. and all that with all that too, you wouldn't be surprised if Queensland just 
came out and just won the game. Either. I'll never be surprised if Queensland wins because every time I watched growing up in high school, and I went through the five years of high school, Queensland won once. You went through five years of high school, New South Wales didn't win because um, we're in yeah, a different, different um, age group. So, but even when Queensland were losing series and games, every time there was a loose ball, Queensland would be on it. If every time there was a um, biff, the Queensland players would be in there first to support their mates. Um, when I was first watching Origin, Queensland were always outskilled as a whole team. Um, and we found ways to stay in games um, and even win some every now and then. So I was never surprised when we won, but I was stoked. This is another one of the games. I'm never surprised if Queensland wins a game. Even if I go in there, no. Uh, even if I go in there, putting them as an underdog, I'm never surprised if they actually win. But I don't see it happening to start with. If that makes any sense, see, I don't know. See, do you know what the really cool thing is? Like the, we we've both said it. The New South Wales clearly have more talent on their squad. Yes. But if you look at it, Queensland have more speed. Yes. But speed so only Tedesco, works Tedesco, Adokar, and maybe Gufferson. But Queensland have Munster, Sammy, Brimson, and Xavier Coates. So if you don't remember, Sammy that was the one who, quick. who ran down. Yeah, he's not on these guys' level. Yeah, Sammy was the, was the guy who ran down Adokar. Adokar. Um, Coates clocked the fastest... It was for an intercept try. He clocked the fastest speed in the all year. Um, Tedesco's Brimson, got good acceleration. I can't even remember what his top speed looks like. Yeah. Um, he usually scores close a- to the line. AJ Brimson. All right, this is putting me. I reckon he'd be faster than Ponga, to be honest. Brimson. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say Ponga's more explosive, but yeah. Brimson would be faster over 100, I reckon. So I reckon overall. They've got more speed. And don't forget... you got to put Josh them into Papali. space, though. Speed only Josh works Papali in space. Josh ran down Josh, uh, Jamal Fogarty, okay? So he's not <laughs> slow. Um, or but no, Fogarty's think, not fast. Shut up. I'm trying to help you. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, so... And then their the, the forward pack is actually very mobile compared to New South Wales. So you've got Welch, Papali, oh, you can move. Oh, come on. Oh, okay. So it's very mobile with big bodies, okay? So... It's, it's a lot more mobile than you think because Welch and Papali can move. Then you bring on Lindsay Collins, Jai Aaron, and Jane Sewer. Oh, Lindsay Collins can move forward and back. Lindsay Collins is, I reckon, built for Origin. Oh, yeah. He's, he's really good. He's kind of like so, Napa like five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, but I think I think Lindsay Collins is a bit more disciplined him, to be honest. So, yeah, don't don't discount Queensland. There's a few things going their way. There's speed. We haven't... And, Heard anything about Justin Olam? Maybe he's just not eligible, or he just he's decided he doesn't want to play. I I, I would be considering Branko Lee and Dangago. I'd be very surprised that the I would say close to the form center of the competition, not the. Yeah, maybe he's just decided that he doesn't want to play. He wants to just represent Papua New Guinea, which yeah. is fine. Um, all right, so that's pretty much the show. We've been going for a hell of a long time, but. Um, it's been a while since we've done one. The other uh, thing we want to let you guys know, we are going to be doing a live show 
during State of Origin 1. I'll be up at Jared's house. Um, we won't have the hiccups as last time. We're not doing it as a stream. We're just going to be doing it as a live web uh, webcam. So if you want to jump on, we'll be going from um, 7 p.m. Sorry. What time is the game? 7, 10. Yeah, so we'll be going for 7 p.m. Queensland time. So that's 8 p.m. Um, Australian Eastern Daily Time or whatever, Daylight Saving. The link to that is on our Facebook page at Six Again Pod. Uh, it's on our Twitter feed. It's on our website. It will be um, attached on the link for this show as well. So if you want to jump on, we'll be cracking a couple of beers up at Jared's. Um, jump on, jump in the chat, ask us some questions. Heckless, pay out Jared for wearing his New South Wales jersey. That's too small for him. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> we'll be there. Um, jump on, say hi to us. But uh, you'll be watching one <laughs> of us go through. Well, you'll be watching both of us probably go through roller coasters and then uh, one of us in desperate need of a certain drink by the end of it. Um, so yeah, check out that and we will be talking to you guys uh, Wednesday night. Go Queensland. See you. Oh, not, nothing for New South Wales. I like that. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.